Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This episode is with Angie Yazolaitis. She runs a, a group, a marketing consulting group called the Yazo Group in central Pennsylvania. And before I get into you know what this podcast is going to be all about, um, Angie and I were talking before the podcast, and we've been talking regularly, regularly, I hate that word, it's hard to say, about meditation. And I just want to say to everybody out there, like meditation might be something that you've, you've heard a lot of lately, or you've tried it before and it didn't seem to work, and maybe you've said it yourself. You've said it to yourself whenever you're meditating or you're thinking about doing it, like, oh, I just can't shut my brain off to meditate. I have too many thoughts to meditate. Well, that that in itself is the whole purpose of meditation, all right? You just said the point of what meditation is. It's just getting yourself into that place, understanding, like, okay, my brain is running fast, and I would like it to slow down a little bit so I can gather my thoughts, that's a very important part of life that a lot of us don't do, okay? It's like a diagnostics test. And I think in this episode we actually talk about that a little bit, but I compare it to a diagnostics test or, you know, sending your car in for a tune-up. We have no problem doing that. We have no problem shutting down our computer or putting it to sleep. We would turn off our TV when we're done with it. When you're done with appliances, when you're done with electronics, you shut those things off. You know they need time to rest. Your car, you let it rest, right? You don't run it on full RPMs all the time until it blows up. No. But for whatever reason, we do that with our minds. We do that with our head. We don't ever shut it off. We think like when we're sleeping, oh, that's time for our brain to shut off. No, not really. Like You need to be awake, alert, and then give your brain a chance to chill and to process thoughts. And when you do that, over time, you get some space. You get a little bit of clarity. You get a little bit more room in your brain to breathe. And uh, there's really nothing more important than giving your brain that opportunity. I'm just saying right now, to, to dive in here. It's extremely important. And it, if you really want to try it on, on a different kind of level, maybe you're somebody who really has trouble sitting down and meditating. Why don't you hop in a float tank or a, a sensory deprivation tank is what they're also called. It's like this pod you get in. It's full of 2,000 pounds of magnesium sulfate in water. Okay, so you're floating. Uh, you can't feel where your body ends and the water begins. You can't see. You can't hear. Might sound scary, right? But really, it's powerful, and it puts you in a, in a different state of consciousness. That will, when I leave there, I always feel so calm, so relaxed. I always make sure I don't have anything going on afterwards, so I can go home and catch a quick nap. Because my my mind gets so calm that I need to just go lay down and 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 extend the chill that I just had inside of the float tank. All right, so. Trust me, it might sound woo-woo, might sound crazy, I don't know what it sounds like to you, but I would, I would suggest at least trying it out, trying out meditation, alright, but if, if you're interested in float tanks, and you're in the central Pennsylvania area, go to the LHTA Wellness Center, it's in the Evansburg Mini Mall, Evansburg, Pennsylvania, Laurel Highlands Therapeutic Academy, LHTA Wellness Center, check them out, and if you live anywhere else in the world, or in the universe, find a float tank, a sensory deprivation tank near you, I promise you, they will be very beneficial to you and it's just it's a different way to experience your brain and I get sick of experiencing my brain in the same way all the time I want something new I want something new to to let my brain experience something that it's never experienced before I hope that made sense I don't want to ramble too much but I'm, I urge you to check that out or just try meditation now Angie Yazolaitis runs the Yazo group uh, she has herself, her team, and then consultants she uses. It's a marketing organization to help businesses grow. Small, medium, large businesses grow through the Yazo Group. She also hosts 
her own uh, vlog called Fine Things, which is awesome. And she just does an, an amazing job. Content strategy, social media review, campaign development, paid media and digital collaboration, customer engagement. Uh, she does this all, and I, what we talk about in this podcast is how she does all of this, how she grew this to where it is today, and how she juggles all of it. What's her mind like? Where's the mindset at? Those things are extremely important for anybody running their own business or anybody trying to get ahead in whatever business it is that they are in. So enough of me rambling. Let's get into the show and do this thing. This is Rob Z Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here today with Angie Yazalitis. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Owner of the Yazo Group uh, in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Whoa, microphone. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> First time. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's really cool to have you here today because uh, we, we've kind of partnered up on on a project and we've been talking back and forth and we're kind of in the same marketing world. Yes. You've absolutely. been you 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 do you do more of the marketing than I handle. I mean, I handle pretty much just digital stuff. You do you write for companies. Well, tell a little yeah. bit about your marketing, about Yasso Group. Um I guess just to start off to get an idea of like your expertise, like what do you handle in okay. Yasso Group? So, I mean, I guess we're classified as a marketing and advertising agency. But we're really more, I say we're a strategy and implementation firm. Mm. So technically we do everything from helping a business to define their marketing strategy. Um, we delve a little bit into competitive analysis and vetting it from like a digital perspective. And then from an implementation standpoint, um, we do design, we do writing. We do campaign management, and we do do some digital like you, but we tend to sub that out. So mm. what we found is nobody can be an expert in anything, or everything, <laughs> everything excuse yeah. me, can be an expert in something, but not in everything. I don't even know about that. <laughs> in marketing, because um, it's like one of those industries that is so completely changed. I mean, yeah. you think about, I think about, you know, I graduated from college in 1990, and what I was learning in marketing then in implementing versus now, it's worlds apart. So this is a good place to start. I think this is interesting because I, I obviously have only had this marketing company now for about two years, and I look back at like old, old school marketing, like Mad Men, going back to like mm. when it began, technically, right? Whenever like seemed to be the the beginning of it. Is it true? Do you feel like this is true that the strategies or that the mindset or the, 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 those like core principles that stay the same, but they keep changing as you do direct mail or if you do digital or whatever that might be? Yes. Have you have you noticed that over the years that things have like there's a core thing, a core amount of things that you always keep the same and those are best practices, but you have to yes. tweak that and apply that to different industries? Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, fundamentally, strategy. First of all, it's like building a house. So they have to fundamentally know who they are, what their differentiators are, how they're getting that message out, what their market is. All those things are the same with marketing, you know, from a fundamental strategic looking at what a company should do. Um, but applying, you know, okay, somebody has a budget. How much of that are we using for traditional marketing versus digital? What's going to be the return? How do we measure it? That is changing constantly mm -hmm. with technology advancements. But what's kind of cool, too, is I'm thinking, you know, we're starting to see old things come back again. So, like, direct mail is having a resurgence. Yeah. 
um, with 3D mailers being something cool people look at to see if it can fit in their budget. Yeah. Um, well, calling the, is having a resurgence. Right. Well, the funny thing about direct mail, I, I do follow Dan Kennedy. Do you know who he is? He's like a... I don't follow Dan Kennedy. Probably le- should. Legendary, <laughs> legendary uh, direct marketing guy. Oh, direct mail there guys. you go. But anyway, anyways, um, he has all these books called The No BS Guide too. He has, there's like so many of them. Uh, yes, I've heard The No BS Guides. But... Uh, the thing I find interesting is because email is so people are so sick of it. Yes. I, I mean, I equate email to work, and it just makes me depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I think about it. Yeah. So I think like, wow, it's so true, and you're 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 100 correct that now direct mail in your mailbox is circling back around because people are not getting as much mail as they used to, and when you get something that stands out in your mailbox, yes, in your physical mailbox, that stands out so much more than any headline ever could. Yes. In your Yes. in your email your gmail box whatever yes. that might be yep. so it makes so much sense it does. and i guess like back in the day people were getting too much mail email became like this new thing that made it easier and now it's like flip-flopping which yep. always seems to happen yeah it um, does it's crazy and, and like text i get a lot of stuff strategically to look at text marketing mm. and tools that are coming out for utilizing text i mean there's so many ways to do it from just getting, you know, a reminder about specials and stuff, particularly in the hospitality industry, you're seeing a lot of it now. Yeah. But trying to get phone numbers from people to be able to build text lists and send out that way um, is interesting, too, because we text so people. I mean, people text more than they talk anymore. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. I talk to text. So it's like I'm getting an equal amount. Yes. I don't even like pushing the buttons anymore. I want to just say the words. Yeah. And then it comes over <laughs> like a scrambled message. Oh, geez. That's not good for marketing. I spend more time editing my talk to text than <laughs> I think I actually could just text it myself. I do the same thing. <laughs> so bad. Um, I, I think something that I want to cover with you that I think is important because I find it super interesting for anybody who owns their own business because it's stressful and it's difficult. And I think one of the biggest parts of owning your own business is lifelong learning. And self development. Yes. You, would you agree with that? Like that's. Oh my a, gosh! Yes. It's so. But you don't. When you have your own job, or I'm sorry, when you work for somebody else, not quite as important, right? You, maybe you, you don't think about it as much because somebody's guiding you along. You have tasks to complete, and that's yes. it. Yes. But when you have to be accountable for yourself, like the personal development stuffs. Important. Extremely important. So, what is your mindset like? Like uh, mindset kind of stuff. Like, what is your morning like? Your routine. Um, because you, you're bound, you're juggling a lot of different things. You're working yeah. with consultants. You have a bunch of different pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage all that? Like on a day to day basis, do you have certain things you do in the morning? Certain things you do at work? Like what does that look like? Yeah, I'm totally not a morning person. Okay. <laughs> so you know, I do use morning for a little bit of meditation, and it's funny because we're talking about this because I'm in a program right now that's a 40 day program based on yoga. Um, and self-development. Okay. So What's that program called? What is it? It's the 40-day... Oh, my gosh. I should have brought it. It's the 40-day something. <laughs> the 40-day challenge, <laughs> I think. It's Baron Baptiste okay. is the name of the, of the gentleman who created this program. I've heard that name before. Oh, the, it's fabulous. Is it really? I mean, I is would say... Is it a say book or is it videos? It's, it's a book and videos. And it's a program I'm doing through a local company, a local gym, mm. um, Barefoot Point of Fitness Barefoot. Mm. Um, but you can buy the book. I mean, I'm, I recommended it to my son, who's also my business partner. I'm, a, I'm an avid reader, so part of my routine is always reading. I do read at lunch, and I do read in the evening. Um, a lot of people 
will say, and my mentors have always said, get up and do it in the morning. I'm just not a morning person. So the <laughs> fact that I get up and spend some time in prayer and meditation setting the energy of how I want the day to go is good for me because it works for me to yeah. do that. But I would say that that's definitely a, a routine for me. Um, and anybody, I, I just, just to chime in, like anybody that I talk to in this space, like that is one of the most common things that comes up is like you have to have some sort of peace in the morning, meditation, stretching, prayer, journaling, whatever it is. Like everybody who's successful who has their own business does that. Mm -hmm. It's essential. And I think even if you don't have your own business, like that should be an essential part of your day. Mm -hmm. Get up a half an hour early mm -hmm. and before anybody else, before you have to do stuff and and get that in. It might yes. seem not important because it's like, well, it's the start of my day. I have a fresh brain. But like you have to reset. You right? do. You have to like set the stage. Yes. Okay. I'm, I cut you off. I'm sorry. But that, no, that's no. That's a very important part. That's good. And I, I think I'm lucky because my office, a lot of our um, contractors, they're virtual. So and even my business partner and son is virtual. So in our office in the morning, it's me. So I can come in, get my cup of coffee, sit and do some of that before I dive right in. I mean, sometimes I have a meeting right away, but I try to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in like whatever your attitude is in the morning is going to set the tone of your day. Very true. I just believe it. So because I, be I truly believe it, I practice that because it's just part of who I how I've been brought up. Well, I think it's 100% true. I mean, I feel I, this morning I woke up and uh, my son and I got into a mild tiff. I don't know what the technical term would be. He's four. So like, <laughs> me getting into a fight with a four-year-old, but like it wasn't a fight, but it was just, I was agitated mm -hmm. and that's carried on throughout my day. Yes. Unfortunately, not that I wanted it to, but then I, you know, you notice it. And I was just meeting with somebody that we both know, Amanda, who's a Reiki specialist, meditation specialist. Yes. And I was telling her that I'm like, you know, I woke up today and, and I can't like shake it. Like yes. it's there, you know? Yes. And um, it's, it, that's a, it's such a good point. So when you can re do that reset and, and put yourself in the right spot, then hopefully those agitations or whatever they are uh, deflect a lot easier. Yes. Than normal. Yes. Hopefully. Uh, and it's funny because I think um, faith is a huge part of my business now. So it's it's I'm doing this um, this 40 day program, and I'm also in a prayer group. And it, you cannot believe how not a prayer group; it's a Bible study group. Okay. Um, but you can't believe how the teachings merge together and blend. That. Like in this in this forty day program, you're taught that when you sit and things are coming up in your mind, whatever somebody agitated you, you don't like something, something you did in the past is like all of a sudden you feel guilty about it again, even <laughs> though it happened twenty years ago. <laughs> right? Is your you just learn to let it go? And in like our Christian faith life, it's like give it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you start to really practice that, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, how did it take me 50 years to get to this point? <laughs> um, because it's such a game changer. And that's a lot of what I'm working on this year is leadership, volunteering and mentoring my son as he continues to build our agency. And I just shared with you, I think from a business development perspective, so we're in this group together. And we heard this um, ta speaker talk about this organization called PowerLink, which helps you create 
an advisory board for your company of big thinkers. And so this is my year of big thinking. And, you know, surrounding myself with big thinkers. Yeah. And that is the gift, the, truly the gift I want to pass on to my son in business. Because although I feel like I've taught him a lot of great things about business, and I love strategy, and I'm blessed to be able to work in an industry where I really love all of my clients and believe in what they do. Mm-hmm. So helping them get new clients is really cool. But I've always, I think I've always had this thought somewhere buried in my brain that we're a lifestyle business, you know, that we, it's good, but we're not employing hundreds of people and we're not. And then I had this thought as I'm listening to this woman speak about her story, which is was sort of relevant to mine. Yeah, because she had a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she brought this board on. Yes. And she wasn't. They weren't doing that well beforehand, right? She was only yeah, paying she herself. Was, she was. She was low, like a hundred bucks. She a wasn't week paying or herself much at all. Yeah. Um, I don't, I wouldn't even consider hers a lifestyle business because she wasn't even really paying herself much to right. even to have. Yeah. But she built like a multi-million dollar agency mm-hmm. just by surrounding herself with big thinkers, and not just big thinkers, but people that knew practical applications to solve some of her issues, and people that that highlighted her weak points, right? That brought yes. up the spots that she wasn't good at. I mean, yes. I, I, yeah, you can't do this on your own as much as you like want to or think that you can. I, cause I get in that a lot. I don't think that I can do it on my own. I just think that, I guess a part of me is like, I don't want to bother other people. Yeah. It's strange as that might sound. It's like, I don't want to bother somebody else bringing them into my situations. Uh, but then the longer minutes and I hear her, that lady talk about it and Eli, who's also in this this uh, networking or leadership group that we're in, talk about his experience. It was like, Rob, you've heard it from so many different people. Mm-hmm. Just start doing it. Yes. You've heard it enough, right? Yes. Get it in your brain and do it. Yes. Spend the extra money. Yes. It's going to be worth it. Yes. To make that happen. Yeah. So I think, you know, kind of to go back to your question, I would say, you know, the the personal development stuff is huge so prayer you know whatever it is that you're attracted to from a learning perspective i read like i'm reading um the compound effect right now um which is a great book i like books that have things you can implement yeah you know like you'll read a chapter and there's something to do I love that kind of stuff. They give you a, a task, a challenge. Yeah. Those are the best kind of books, really. They're holding you accountable. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're putting a call to action in there you got to do. Yeah. Love that. Um, this 40-day program, I've, I'm really into. It goes back to my years I spent taking a um, corporate wellness program to market. You have a partner, like a accountability partner. And the compound effect also says you should have a peak performance partner, an accountability partner. I'm big on that. Like surround yourself with great people. And mm-hmm. that goes back to that third thing we talked about, which is this advisory board. And that's this is called PowerLink. You can look it up. Um, is that local to here? Or is that no, nationwide? No, it's nationwide. Is it? Okay. So they basically look at your business. Um, I think you have to be like, I, I don't know if there's income. I think they said 200000 to a million. And they'll work with you. And they do work with some startups. Um, they look at your market and they find advisors that are in your industry or, or similar industries that are very successful mm-hmm. and 
they, you have an advisory board and they have somebody that is that accountability person on the team, I think they call it a chair, that um, makes sure that you really are learning things that you can practically implement in your business. And, you know, these companies have grown exponentially using this service. Yeah. So I just think it's pretty cool. And, and I think, you know, whether you do it through PowerLink or you do it on your own, surrounding yourself with good advisors is key. No doubt. And experimentation, right? You've got to experiment with these sort of things, trying it out. I mean, yes. It can't hurt to try things out. That's one of the biggest things I've gotten away from the groups that I'm in is like you have to just try new things if something feels right or if something doesn't feel right. Like I got an assistant, right? And I was working with an assistant. It just didn't feel right to me. I don't know. There was just wasn't something that was, that it wasn't what I wanted or what it was what I thought that I wanted, but not in the right way. I, I don't know. But um, so I, you know, I I haven't let her go, but I cut her hours back because it's just you have to try things out, and then if as soon as you find out that they're not working, get off of them, right? Yeah. Ditch them and, and go on to the next thing that you think might be the right thing, or tweak it, or tweak it. Know? Yeah, people are like afraid to do that. It's like I, I hired this person, or I did this thing. Now I have to stick with it because I I did it, and I mean that might be true in some situations, but I think you internally know. Yes, or at least hopefully. You Isn't internally that funny? Know. I, I've had. I've had clients say, well, I'm, why, why are you still doing this? Well, because we signed and we've been doing it forever. And, so. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, that's not really a good reason. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's a lot of the reasons in life or the reason we, reasons we do things is because, well, I've been doing them for a long time. So yeah. it'd be harder to stop. Exactly. Than just to keep it just happening. keep it going. It's like turning know? the big ship around. Like, you know, it's a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And it's funny, like the stuff we're talking about right here, like when it gets down to like really business it's usually mindset your mentality and your your lifestyle and like your uh routine that is almost more important at least in my personal experience more important than my actual businesses itself because if i'm good if i'm good where i'm at in my own mental space and you know on a day-to-day basis then my business is just going to be better because i'm on board i feel 100 percent, and it's funny because um you know i think i shared this with you in my we can't really get into it a lot because it's complicated, but I had a corporate wellness company that I took to market. And we had a coaching model called Feast. And it stood for financial fitness, exercise and nutrition. This is what Feast is an acronym stood for. Attitude, spirit and soul, and time for self, like time for self-growth. And I've been like creating some intellectual property for Yazo around Feast as a marketing tool. And FEAST as a marketing tool stands for financial feasibility, exercise it daily, so practice it daily, Yeah. attitude is the same, soul content, so like the soul of your business, and timelines, like timelines and metrics. So we're literally working on this intellectual property to eventually like be our thing. And I'm hearing I'm saying it on a podcast, but oh well, <laughs> if you steal it, you steal it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> You're speaking it into existence. I am. I'm speaking it into existence. But where I'm going with that is I would much rather, like, I think that soul content, that attitude, I would much rather work with a client that has a very small budget and a lot of passion mm-hmm. than somebody with a huge budget who is, like, completely hands-off and has no passion for what they do anymore. Yeah. They're just, like, spend this money, make it work. They don't necessarily have the passion, the soul, content, 
to put out that a smaller person with a very small budget has. Well, it's never going to work because they don't believe in it. Or maybe they believe in it, they don't have passion for it. Or whatever that, there's burnout, whatever that is. It's never going to work because if the person who's starting it is not, if the person who's like at the helm of it is not on board, then good luck getting anybody else on board. People aren't going to step in and be like, I can't wait to help this person's passion when they're not even excited. Yeah. It's so hard. And people will disagree with me on that all day long because there are a lot of companies out there that are in existence that are just like, you know, rolling along. They've been rolling along for years, but they'll keep rolling along. True. I'm not saying that they're not going to be, continue to roll along and be successful at the level that they're at. I'm just But they're not like at the peak of where they could be. Right. They're just going to roll along. And that's okay for some people. But when I'm talking about marketing strategy from the feast perspective, it's about, you know, amping it up, rejuvenation, you know, reinventing yourself. And it's also about the person that's in the business or people that are in the business being excited about going to work every day. Mm-hmm. And there's something about marketing that happens internally too in a culture of enthusiasm. Yeah. And I, you know, if if your marketing department, your marketing people aren't excited and passionate, then, <laughs> you know, good luck because they're getting the message out. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, Hopefully you're, I mean... If you come in, so let me ask you this: So you come into a company, and their enthusiasm for the brand is not like at the level where you know it needs to be, or maybe you're even more enthused than they are. What do you do? Ask them. What you got to find the passion. What makes you passionate about this business? Go back to why you started this business. So you help them find that, That's like initially. positioning. Yes. Yeah. So important. It's like huge. Find your path. And this is what I found this year, especially. This is funny because going into 2018 and 2019, I like to sit down with every client and talk about strategy. And a lot of times when I've worked with people multiple years, they don't necessarily want to do it. Yeah. And I push the envelope. Like, I'm like, when are we having our strategy meeting? Can we meet for our, to go over your strategy? When can we talk about your strategy? <laughs> that's because It seems to like a me, waste of time to yeah, them. That's because to me, it's so important. I mean, you do this. You do social postings. You you know how like just that's one small part of a of a strategy, but it's everything to a lot of businesses now. You could get like post the same things over and over. It gets boring if you don't have new, fresh content and soul and passion and be able to regret. You you and I have talked about that. A hundred percent. I I think obviously I'm going to say this because I work in social media, but I feel like you can see somebody's passion come through in their social media. Like if somebody's really excited about their business and they really want it to work and they're not just outsourcing their marketing, you can see that in what they're posting online. You know, like, oh, they're into it. And if you go to a page and they've posted the same thing like five days in a row or they're just like pushing ads or whatever it might be, then you can tell, oh, they must not be that I mean, it could be a bunch of different things, but I, uh, when, it, when I look at it, it's like, man, if I was excited about this business, I would be on that page every day. Because it's not like radio or TV or billboard or newspaper where you have to go through a marketing company. Like, you have to take these steps to have the commercial made, to pay them, to put it on the TV or to put it on the billboard or whatever that yes. might be. When it's social media, it's just you can do it yourself if mm-hmm. you really want to. And you could do it with your phone mm-hmm. at any point during the day. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to make it look amazing... And you wouldn't even have to look amazing. If you want to make the feeling or the energy amazing, you have full control over that. Yes. And I look at Devin Mullen, who I work with from Your Jewelry Box, and he, like, you can tell, because he started that business when he was, like, 17 or or somewhere around there. And when he does Facebook Lives and stuff, like, he 
is excited. Yes. And he's on video talking about he's an expert. Totally like he's get put it. his 10,000 hours in. It's like that right there is the exa- prime example of like when you want to use this thing to, uh, you know, personify what your passion is and what you're excited about you can really use it for that you i went can. off on a tangent i apologize but that no, is, I feel like that's a big piece of it it is and i always say if we're doing it for you it even if we're implementing let's say we're doing it three days a week you should be filling in like some people want us to implement just to keep it going in times when they're busy and they can't do it but we shouldn't be that shouldn't be all it is you should be filling in and adding, even if you can't do it full time, if you're so busy, you can only get on there a couple of days a week. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it still has to have your heart yeah. and your soul yeah. and your presence and your passion. And there are some incredible people in this area that do great jobs on social media. Yeah. I tell people too, like if you don't have the time, like just put out one piece of content a week and run ads to it. But make sure it's like a really strong piece of content. Make sure you've thought about it and you put work into it. You don't you don't need to do all these all of these things online. You just you can just do one. That's how that's how most people make it work. They just do one thing that's really well done. Mm-hmm. And from there it'll kind of grow on its own. But yeah, there's put put your passion into that one little piece of it. Um, I'm interested about strategy when you talk about that because that's something I feel like I should really be implementing more in businesses that I work with because I feel like uh, when I go to work with somebody, I get all the details about what the social media should look like, but I don't talk about strategy. I don't yeah. talk about. I should talk more about their passion. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Like a practical way that you go in and discuss strategy with somebody when you first yeah. meet them like how do you what do you talk about how do you do it and then like what do you get out of them yeah i have an implementation questionnaire when i'm very first starting to work with someone and it it's categorized but it does go through positioning it and i'll sort of have already vetted them digitally so if they're telling me uh, i'm trying to think of like you know our position is that we're passionate about i don't know i can't even think of one but if I vetted it and I got a completely different message. If you look through their content and stuff online. Yes. Like, okay. So then I'm sort of giving it, I call it a score, okay. but you know, applying, listening to how they, how they respond to this. You can also tell in how a person is responding because if they're just not passionate about it, it comes across. Yeah. So you can dig, okay. Are you really enthusiastic about this? And then also, what are your what are your goals for the year? Like, where's your revenue coming from? How do you want to grow? Do you have a new product? Do you have a new idea? Do you have a new division? Do you have something new that you're rolling out? That's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I look for things like anniversaries or like what's new, what's going on in your business that's new, a new location, something that they can get out there, not just from the digital strategy, but like in a more PR aspect, you know, like doing press releases or other potential PR opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's really solid on their position, it doesn't take as much. If somebody's all over the place, then you may have to spend some time building that. And I ask things like, "Do you have a Do you have a style guide?" Well, I would say no. <laughs> and some people say, "What is that?" I say what What is a style guide? So, like colors, brands. What did that? Like, we had a call today with someone who we're doing a logo for, and we did their original version of it just to get something up because they needed something, and 
I knew there wasn't pa- like the passion wasn't there. So we had the call to go back to the passion. Like, what don't you like? Is it the colors? Is it? And we really had a really cool conversation around the brand. Um, and now the designer's trying to tweak it. So that's like a really fun place to start when someone doesn't have it. But if they already have all that done, then you don't need to spend his time. But just because yeah. they already have all that done, if you're putting it out to re-energize it, you still have to talk about like the positioning and the messaging that they're putting out. Now, say know? say somebody doesn't see that as important, right? They're like, well, it's style guide. Like that just seems like you're uh, wasting my money or like ripping me off. Because that's what some places I'm sure think right in the beginning. They're like, well, I just want you to just market my stuff. I don't want to mm-hmm. sit here for months and deliberate over what my style is going to be. Mm-hmm. What I guess could you explain why is that so important and what is an example of it really working? Do you have an example of like a business that you started with that was obviously they didn't have a style guide, they didn't have the particulars in place, and you helped them to put that together, and now it's oh my goodness on fire. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll go back to even for myself personally, taking quantum to market like that name, there was another business with that name and it was not in the exact same industry, but in a related industry. So having our logo, our colors, our tagline was extremely important. And we found out that very soon we needed to do that and do it diligently because people were confusing us. Now we didn't go Mm -hmm. back and change the name, but in some cases, people do. So I would say to someone, your brand is everything. Your brand is everything. It's how people recognize you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, think of logos. Think of Google. You know, you see that, you know who they are. And so then people will say, well, we're not going to be Google. Right. We're just a small local. But I'm a big thinker. You know, and I I think you have to be happy with how you're out there identifying or, you know, you're not going to feel good about being everywhere. You know, most of the yeah. clients I've worked with, I'm, I'm just trying to think to like really answer. And you'll be confusing people too at the same time. Like, because you, if you're not sure of who you are, how's anybody else yeah. sure of who you are? How's ever, how is anybody like, how is anybody going to relate and feel what makes you different? You know, and you and I have talked about this before. Like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But when you go out there and you're looking at competitors, for example, if you're too much alike, which is what we experienced in the go-to market of quantum, mm-hmm. then that's an issue. You have to differentiate. How are you different? That's part of it. But in some ways, you can not copy, but emulate people that are doing it successfully by at, and then adding your own differentiators. Yeah. Well, you like reverse engineer. You find out how this company that's so successful that you love is doing so well. Yes. And then what, what, go backwards. Yes, and go backwards. And where do they start from? And- yeah. So I never think a style guide is a waste of time. I mean, I technically, if I'm working with someone's budget, which is part of strategy, okay, like here's your budget. So we had someone call us this week that said, um, found you on Google. We want to know how much it's going to take to market digitally. 
And that's like a loaded question. <laughs> terrible question. Like for you to give a thousand dollars. Like okay, how I can't answer. I said, <laughs> I can't answer that. Yeah. It's so difficult. I said, you, did you build your foundation? What's your foundation? Do you have a website? Do you have local SEO presence? Um, you know, like just local SEO, the map, the, having your map and pin. If you're a location where people need to find you, yeah. do you have your local SEO done? Do you have your SEO done? Your more overarching SEO strategy down? Are you developing content around that? So do you know what how people look up your business and do you reuse those words and phrases regularly? You know, are you doing content that plays well in social like video? And if you're doing none of that, like you got to start somewhere. I don't know. Is your budget $500 a month? Is it 10000 Because I could fill it, mm-hmm. you know? So I, this goes back to our IP, like fi- um, feast, financial feasibility. Why would you want me to tell you that you need to spend $5,000 a month and you can't afford it and now you walk away and you feel like I can't do anything? Yeah. So... I wouldn't, like for me with a style guide, I don't really get into people. I've never had anybody say, I feel like you're wasting our money. Because I would just say to them, I'm not telling you I have to create, I would create a style guide for them if that ended up being part of the strategy. I don't have to do that for you, but we should know what colors, what fonts. It it gets down to like with some businesses, there's certain words they don't want to use to describe them Mm -hmm. if you don't share that with me i'm gonna and we talked about an example of this like they don't want you to do something and they don't share that with you you're going to do it right yeah how are you gonna and then when you do it it's like you're in trouble yeah (laughs) like if it was laid out in the beginning we'd all know the rules of the game that we're playing here right yeah and it's so fun i mean i think you can like i would love for me, my favorite part of my job is strategy meetings. Like I would love to run, uh, I'd love to run them. Because it's like, what, what do you do that's different than everybody else in your industry? What do you do differently? And that's when you see the light bulbs start turning on too, right? Like mm-hmm. people maybe have never thought about it. Like they then they're forced to think about it. Once that question's out there, you throw mm-hmm. that question into the universe, they're going to have to come up with an answer. Whether they... Yeah come up with it right then or later on, like it's gonna be in their brain. They're gonna be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And that's really, yeah, it's very important because then you're just kind of lost. You know, you're just kind of trying to, maybe trying to be everything to everyone, which mm-hmm. I think is where I've been, uh, trying to be, do everything. And now I've realized, you know, you gotta really, you gotta narrow it down. The more narrow you get, the more niche you get, the better off you are. Yes. But it's hard to get there in the beginning. Like you have to like, it's like, chiseling away at a diamond or something right you have to like it is you have to grind away at it for a long time till you finally figure it out so if you don't put the work in to go through a strategy session go through a style uh session you'll probably never get to that spot yes and then once it's in your brain then it's there then you've defined it then you can kind of chase after it once mm-hmm. it's defined mm-hmm. so that and that's what you have done for yourself with mm-hmm. Yazo, and mm-hmm. i guess just yourself personally mm-hmm. and helping other businesses do that once you've done it for yourself it's probably so much easier to do it for other people. It is. Because you know the steps. I think if I were to say what uh, what Yazo's niche is, because I agree with you, like, and especially in marketing 2019, yeah. you know, you're, I, you know, large agencies can somewhat do it if they have the budget to have an in-house 
um, employees that specialize in very particular things. But I think what what sets us apart 100% is that I will keep your marketing moving. Mm -hmm. And that is important to people because they get caught up in analysis paralysis. They get caught up in everyday stuff that they realize, wow, we haven't really marketed for two months. Right. (laughs) You know? And now they're scrambling because there's nothing coming in. And we, how do we do that? We do that by at least trying, and it's not always perfect, to go back to what is their strategy, what parts of marketing are they doing? Are they doing digital? Are they doing email? Are they doing you know any kind of traditional sponsorships or ads or whatever? And making sure that it's on a timeline and that decisions are being made. But if we're not an expert in that area that's on that strategy, we might sub out to somebody that is. Yeah. So we've done it through strategy and collaboration. Um, and I think that's what sets us apart because I'm not going in and saying, we're the best digital marketing agency you're ever going to work with. I'm not going in and saying, we're, we're the best designers, although I think we've got great designers. I think we do compete from a design perspective. I have connections through the years that I think I can bring some pretty high heavy hitters within design to the mm-hmm. table if I need to. Um, and it's a passion of mine, so I I like to be visually like involved even though I'm what you would call a junior designer. <laughs> um, but I can like look at something and say, uh, I don't like it, or do try this, or and I can come up with creative concepts. So that from I'm on the design team from that aspect. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the things we do different. Um, and that's part of that is project management. So we talked about that slightly. You know, project management in this in this industry is so important because we're creatives and we're all over the place. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I've had I actually had a client say to me once, like, "You never forget anything," <laughs> and that's just constant writing down timelines. We said we were going to do this, mm-hmm. and I'll even keep email. Like I'll just keep emailing or calling and saying, "Okay, do we? Do I want to take it off? Because it stays. One thing with me is it stays on the task list until you tell me no. Okay. So I roll it over to the next week if it doesn't get done. Yeah. And I guess to some people over the years it's annoying, but I get more positive feedback than negative on it. You know, and that's one of the things I always run into is like, am I? Like I have this like issue with worrying that I'm annoying somebody, but when it comes down to like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, most people uh, either it's it's time that they can't get to it, or it's something that it's a block for them. Like they don't want to do it. It's not their expertise, not their specialty, so they're kind of afraid of it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to video, I see that a lot. It's like I try not, I try to push video, and this is a thought I've been having a lot lately. Is like I need to just really double down on helping people get good at video. But at the same time, there's so much pushback because people are so afraid to put themselves on video. Mm-hmm. So it's like, am I going to sacrifice a client because I push too much for one thing that I know they really should be doing? They don't want to do it. And there's like a bottleneck. Like, do I stop forcing them to try to do it? Or do I just settle with what they've already been doing and what they're comfortable with? But if you don't get outside of your comfort zone, how are you ever going to grow? And if you don't focus on video, I mean, really, that's the... That's the next level. That'll put you on like a different level when you get good at that. Oh. So I 
So what do you do in that situation when you're, you you think, man, am I driving this person nuts by bringing this thing back up? But you'll just keep hitting it until they say, hey, Angie, listen. I'm not doing this. I'm not this. doing that thing. Or you guys finally do it. I've uh, literally last year had a client say to me about something that I think they should do. We're not doing it. <laughs> You're like, all right, well. I still think you should do it, but that's fine. <laughs> but I'll stop bringing it up all the time. Right. I'm going to take it off my to-do list. But I don't know. Did you ever read the book Good to Great? Yes. Yeah. So he talks about the flywheel and the, what is it? The flywheel and the doom loop. Or the, I probably have it backwards. I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Um, but it's all, it's about like, Keeping it rolling, keeping it rolling, keeping it rolling. That's who we are. Keeping the ball going, keeping the flywheel moving. The biggest thing I got from good to great was uh, the win-wins. That's the part that always stuck with me. How many wins can you create in a situation? That's how successful that thing's going to be. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the the, oh, man, keeping it moving, right? That is one of the hardest, when you talk about getting bogged down in the day-to-day stuff, Mm -hmm. because that one of the things that happened to me today was I got bogged down with some day-to-day stuff and I started to get like really agitated because then I start thinking about all the things, the big picture things I want to do. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get there today. And then automatically I'm ruining my day. Mm-hmm. Like, if, yeah. you, if you have day-to-day stuff you got to get done, get it done, but also figure out how can I outsource yes. it if I can. If yes. you can, I mean, outsourcing is important, but... Um, yeah, the momentum, right? How how have you kept momentum from going? You worked for an agency when you got out of college. No, I worked for corporate. Oh, you worked for corporate. Okay, yes. when you got out of college. And then you started your own agency. Yes. Like, what is your mindset on keeping that flywheel moving forward? How do you do that on a daily or weekly basis? Because I'm sure with all the clients you have and you do, you, you actually write blogs for clients and and do all mm-hmm. sorts of things besides just strategy. Like there's a bunch of things to juggle. Yeah. How do you keep it moving forward? How do you get, what do you do to get, because you don't have an advisory board yet. Mm-hmm. You might soon. But <laughs> I'm like, getting, well, <laughs> I guarantee I'm going to have one in 2019. <laughs> so, I have mentors though. Okay. okay well, there's one of the things. Yeah. There's one of the pieces, They're right? They're not like formal advisory board. <laughs> yeah. But so how do you keep the ball rolling? How do you keep the momentum moving forward? Because I, I'm, I am I, a, I have a notebook I'm as old school as it gets, but it works for me. I have a notebook with a to-do list. Mm. And I have my Google Calendar. And every th- and I color code my clients. And they're in my Google Calendar by a color. And I have a to-do list. And I will literally cross off. Done, done, done. Whatever doesn't get done goes to the next day. Mm-hmm. And I do it faithfully. That's so simple. It's, I, I know. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm saying that because, like, it, somebody might say, well, of course, that's what you would do. Well, yeah, of course that's what you would do, but, like, are you actually doing it? Are you actually is doing question. is what I would say. Like, do you actually put time in your schedule? Like, I put going to yoga in my schedule. I put going to Bible study in my schedule. Mm. Like, is it in your schedule that unless... You're and you're sick. talking just like life stuff, not business stuff. Like things that I are important to you in any there. part of your life is in there. Did you drink your water? <laughs> like you I literally there? have to-do lists that say drink water on it because I'm, I'm terrible with that. Okay. That's so nice. put, you know, I write it down in the morning and then I carry it over at night and I'm like, there, check, 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 check. And when I can check everything off on there, it's such a great day. Oh, it's a good feeling. I've never checked all my to-do list stuff off. I have. There's always like something sitting on there. Yeah, that guy was bragging. I have. Not mm-hmm. all, not often. But there have been days where I've walked out like this 
is such an incredible feeling. I <laughs> literally got everything on there done. Yeah. But just writing it down for the next day too helps the people that wake up in the middle of the night in our saying, oh my gosh, I forgot to whatever. It, oh, it's okay. I wrote it down. I'm not going to forget. Yeah, because even if you have a superb memory, which I don't, and I just I just know that about myself, so I write stuff down, you have to, you're not going to rem- remember everything. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of the times, because we talk about meditation, right? And I think we should touch on that before we wrap up because of how important that is. But uh, I think that a lot of my best thoughts and like the, the things that for me are like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. They come to me either in meditation or they come to me in working out. Like whenever you're in, they call it the flow state, when you're like just letting your brain do whatever it does. Yeah. And that's why I think laying in bed, a lot of those thoughts pop up too, mm-hmm. whether good or bad, because your brain is in this like, this is kind of, you're letting it drift. Mm-hmm. And man, whenever, uh, so for me, it's kind of hard, like, because you're not supposed to stop meditating to write stuff down. But when something pops in there, I'm like, I gotta, if I don't write this down right now, it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. It's got to be on my list somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder how many, so... How many businesses do you work with where you know that they keep a to-do list? And you don't have to name numbers, but do you do you see it often or do you not see it? I don't know that any. I don't see to-do lists. I don't. Okay. I haven't gone to businesses where I see their to-do list. Now, I I would say I know at least three businesses that have faithful calendars that they keep. Everything's on their calendar. Yeah. And you can even check their calendar to see if you're going to be able to meet with them at a certain time. All right. <laughs> and I do see a lot of that. You know, but I don't, I'm not, I haven't been with clients where I see their to-do list all written down that they're checking off. I mean, they might be hiding it somewhere. They keep it like, you know, in their bag or something. But hopefully they, if anybody's listening to this and you don't do that, like you really, you really, really have to. Like it's really, really important because uh, just, just for your mental space and your mental energy, when you're constantly juggling ideas that you know need to get done, you're expending mental energy. Yes. doing that so you're wearing yourself out and yes. then you're also stressing yourself out yes when you write them down then you can stop worrying about it yes. it's i mean you can still like you know you have to get back to it but you don't have to spend the energy in remembering it yes there's nothing worse than like sitting there and saying to yourself i know i have to do something really important what is it yes i can't remember what it is exactly and then you, <laughs> no it's a terrible story <laughs> like what is that thing that i'm supposed to remember it's to like do? this dread that you have <laughs> and that that just wears you out yeah you're like i forgot something yeah and what if it was something huge i mean it's so it's so important so with you juggling multiple clients very important for a business like maybe you're just focused on your business you might think like it's not that important it's not juggling multiple people or situations or whatever but still just to balance your own life out even the pencil in time with your family right Mm -hmm. you gotta like if you write it down there's a more chance you're gonna do it there's so much more of a chance now usually what happens to me i'll write something down and i'll I'll even i'll say it in my own head i'm probably going to ignore that i don't i wrote it down but i'm still i'm probably going to ignore it and it'll be on my list for months it's a nice to do but it's not a need to do but it's like a mental it's like a weird mental block kind of thing Mm -hmm. i don't understand that part of me i'm still trying to figure that out uh, my mental block, and I think the consultants that have worked with us the longest would tell you this. I have been trying for probably three years now to take that process and decide on what system to use, like from a project management or just a, a, a task management system. And there's so many phenomenal ones. Yeah. Like I have reviewed so many of them. And Asana is a really good one. That's a free one. Asana. A S A N A. Yeah, 
and I think they do they do calendars too. Um, I don't impl- like I'll maybe three days I use it and then I'm like <laughs> and I go back to my old process yeah. so that is my block and it's something I do want to work on because when you're managing a team or you're managing subcontractors you know it is good to have one of those the systems that you're faithful to I mean we've we have our processes that we use to share documents and stuff but that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about a real Who's handling what? Who's where are you at with it? All of the updates, and I know there's people listening that'll go. I can't believe they don't do that. That's a you know, it's 2019. It's very hard to change something that's working for you. That's that you don't mentally think is broken. Yeah, or it might not be broken. It's just there's you know times change. There's new pieces of technology that make things better. Not saying the way you're doing it is wrong because obviously it's working. But that way, this new piece of technology or that new application, whatever it is, could move things along faster or help everybody be on board instead of just you being on board. Mm-hmm. And and then you have to like call everybody or text them to get them on yeah. board. Yeah. yeah, I'm working on that because <laughs> it's 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 caused some communication. You know, I think you just can always grow. How did you know that this was the right career path for you? Like, how did you know this is where you wanted your life to go? Because I think a lot of people, the question is like they don't they're not even sure if the business they're in is the right one, the job they have is the right one, they have a passion, but they don't pursue it. Like, how did you know? I didn't, not when I started it. I mean, when I went to college, I wanted to be in business. And when I was in business, I started to like the marketing classes. So I got a concentration in marketing back when I graduated, where I graduated from, it was called a concentration in marketing. It wasn't, it was a overall business degree with a concentration in marketing. And I just was drawn to those classes. So I just kept being drawn to those classes. I like creative. I like art. I like beauty. I like things. I love to write. Um, That's probably the most passionate part of my career. I love to write. Um, So those kinds of things came forth for me more than the career did. Like I just, I love to write. I like pretty things I like that kind of I like fine things fine things I was gonna I was gonna say that (laughs) but I I and then it just turned into a career and I like people so those are the three things that sort of in my corporate so you know just you know the five minute version corporate was working for an insurance company moved up the ladder had 10 years there I got a lot of corporate experience kind of went out on my own to start a go to take a company to market in corporate wellness. Mm-hmm. That was probably like eight years. Um, one of my clients was an agency. They hired me. It's funny because I had one of my first corporate jobs. So the majority of that was spent with one insurance company 10 years, but I was probably 15 years, 12 to 15 years in corporate. Um, I had a client hire me twice. So once for a corporate job and then once for an agency job. Okay. So I always say that's another thing for people is you never know what doors are opening. You go into every meeting not knowing who someone you might meet in there might be your future employer or a future business partner or whatever. Yeah. But this agency in Annapolis, Maryland was my was a client through the corporate wellness program I took to market. And they hired me. 
And that was my first agency role. And then from there, we were through just a process that happened on the part of the agency and my part. We were allowed to take the clients that I brought into them and form our own agency. And that's how Yazo started. So I think, you know, I had the good balance of corporate to help me find myself before I got into the agency world. Mm -hmm. And I had, I was blessed to be in meetings with CEOs and like, so to learn to be in C-suite level meetings and not be nervous. And, um, but I still loved the brand new person starting because I like working with like all different levels of people. So, um, I just had a really good foundation. And there's something really that I uh I shot away from from a lo- for a long time and now I I still catch myself shying away from it, but I know I have to go towards it. The feeling of like tension is what is, is a sign that I have to go towards it. I think any sign of like pain or <laughs> stress is a sign either that it's not the right thing for you or you need to do more of it because you got to get better at it. And like going to these networking meetings or like getting in these groups with higher level people you have to do that because if you don't go and do that, you're not going to be used to being around those people and you're going to be just, they're going to be these figures to you, these scary figures that aren't even human. Yes. Right? They're just like intimidating. And how are you ever going to move forward if you can't even just like be around them? Yes. Right. So I spent a lot of my life like that. I still, like we were at that uh, leadership meeting and I felt like a little kid. This is what this always happens to me. I'm sorry. Oh, how dare you? Mute the phone. Um, <laughs> uh, but like I still feel this way and it's like when I get around business people, I always feel like I'm like 10 years old. And that's just that's just me. And I knew that about myself. So I caught myself in that meeting feeling that way. And I'm like, Rob, you, you know that you're, you're 35 years old. Like you're an adult. <laughs> Why do you still... F- and even if like that wouldn't matter either. Even if you were 15 and you're in the meeting, like you don't need to feel that way. It's just the way you're like... You're telling yourself this story. It's not a real story. You need to just let it go, man. It's okay. You know? Yes. But it's it's hard to do if you don't put yourself in those situations a lot. And yes. It's like public speaking. It's like anything. Like if you don't do it enough and you don't throw yourself into the fire, you're never going to get good at it. You're always going to be afraid of it. And it's always going to hold you back. It's so true. It's so true. And we all do it. And then there's people sitting there around you thinking, oh, my gosh, that's Rob Z. He's got 20,000 followers on Facebook and he's got everybody knows his radio show and he's he's a little local celebrity. And what am I doing talking to him? Yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, know what somebody your else story is, is your story that you're creating in your head and other people are doing it all at the same time. And that's where <laughs> meditation the perfect segue into meditation it is because that's what is that so you've been meditating for a long time right you started i just told this story because this is so funny when i got to college i went to college in maryland on the eastern shore of maryland it's called salisbury university it was called salisbury state not steak making me hungry (laughs) salisbury state college when i went it's now salisbury university it was funded and i was going to the business school there you know their business program which was funded by Purdue Chicken. That made Salisbury steak. <laughs> it made Salisbury chicken. No, that's, we're, wait, we're, we're getting all confused I know, here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, so it was a great business school. So we, they had a great, a lot of great practical application and speakers and real life things that came in to the, to the you know, classes. Um, but my roommate, I will never forget this. I was on the top bunk. So I'm 
six hours away from home back then. We didn't have cell phones, anything. You know, I'm nervous. I don't know anybody. You know, yeah. My mom dropped me off and left. Um, and she puts this cassette tape in of a meditation and says, "Do you want to do this with me?" And that was my first. And I was like, this is the best thing. I have never heard anything like this. <laughs> it was so awesome. So I've meditated since then. I like guided meditations. But I, what I have recently figured out is meditation is not, a lot of people say meditation is the exact same thing as prayer. And it's oh. not. So now you I- You can make meditation prayer. But it's, yeah. But meditation, and that's exactly right. So, you know, meditation, you're really supposed to be when a thought comes up, letting it go. Mm -hmm. So, no matter what the thought is, doesn't matter what the thought is. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah, looking at it and letting it go. Then you can go, you know, more in a guided where you're, you know, you're trying to go somewhere in your brain. So, Mm -hmm. if there's a thought that keeps coming up, you know, you're cutting the cords and letting it, you're doing something more meaningful to undo it like an action yeah an actionable step to yeah either get more of it or to get less of it yeah so i think meditation can help prayer because then you can be still in your mind and be in that relationship with god where you're actually talking to him and having a conversation because a lot of times people will say when i try to pray i get distracted mm-hmm. of course. meditation teaches you to not get distracted in your brain yeah and it teaches you to let go of your story that you're telling yourself because it's not your story because everybody else is looking at you like you're the expert. Right. Um, and it is letting go of ego. So like in this 40 day, I was just sharing with a friend that I went into it with too much ego because I was like, I've been meditating forever. What am I going to learn? <laughs> and all this stuff is coming up. Oh, yeah. And it's like, wow. Yeah, Angie. Let the ego go because you don't know anything, you know? (laughs) Right. So that's where it is. So it's deepened my prayer life because it's helped me still my mind when I'm praying. But it also helps you to just be like, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Why did that crazy thought come from? Let it go. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy when like the stuff that comes in your mind, like a thought from something I did 10 years ago. And how many thoughts right and just they don't even correlate they don't even correlate yeah that's the thing my my mentor ray has been on my podcast a couple times and he's i don't know where he got the information from but he told me like you have somewhere around eighty thousand thoughts a day and about 99 percent of those thoughts are old thoughts right so you're just like recycling these stories in your head over and over and over again without ever digesting them you're not even inspecting them it's so crazy right meditation to me is like it took me a. So- I've been doing it for it's like three and a half years, and it took me a solid two years before I really even started to feel like I was getting a grasp on what was going on in my head, which is crazy because I don't know how long it takes normal people, but like it was like two years before I was like, oh my, oh man, I'm grabbing onto these thoughts. Rob, let them go. Like you're you're grabbing a hold of all of them, and like fear was the one that popped up so many times. I would I would meditate and have this continuing thought that somebody was going to come up behind me and grab me. Like I'm in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm like, what is that fear? Like, what is that? It's so weird. Why would I have that? 
That doesn't make yeah. it. It's not logical in any way, shape, or form, but it's there. It's real to me. So um, finally, separating myself from those, at least to the state I'm at now, is so relaxing and comforting. So somebody might say, like, maybe they've tried meditation in like the same way with prayer, right? Like, I can't get my thoughts. I can't get distracted. I, I can't do it long enough before I get completely distracted. Yeah. That's the whole point of meditation, to see. It's not spiritual. Just take all that. I wish that you could, like separate those two because it doesn't have to be spiritual in any way shape or form it's just inspecting what's going on in your brain it's yes. like a diagnostics test or something it is you know what it's I mean? like running a diagnostics test on your brain yeah or you are doing that when you're like oh, and, and okay. people and people never do it right they never take the time or i shouldn't say people never do but a lot of people never do and when they, when they try to they're like oh i can't meditate i have too many thoughts yeah that's why you have to meditate. <laughs> like, that's the point. Like, you have all this crap flying out. There's, there's, there's this stuff flying out of all over the place. You're not sure why. And you're like, what is... When you finally get to a place where you can, like, assess it, you're like, wow, what's going on in there? And then you find it, it's just random stuff. And a lot of it's old stuff, and it's just old memories that you might not even... They might not even be accurate. They're just how you depicted them. Like me feeling like a 10-year-old sitting with a bunch of business owners, right? Like I'm sitting there thinking that that's just an old thing popping up in my head from somewhere. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's not real. It's not real So when all. you apply it to business and life, like my, oh my God, it changes, it could change everything because you finally can just, all those hangups you had, you can kind of just let them go. Or when somebody doesn't call you back for days instead of getting like butthurt over it be like yeah. well that's their issue exactly as long as you know you didn't do anything you yes. know it's like and even if you did like you know i just had that happen this week where I, one of the guys i work with i must have texted him five days in a row no reply and i was finally like well if this is it this is it if you're not going to tell me anything just don't tell me i don't know what happened then out of the blue he calls me up hey sorry man i'm just you know Miss, just kept just kept missing your call and, and I do the same thing to people so yes. I like I knew in my head I'm like I do that to people all the time I won't call them back because either I don't have the time to. I know it's going to be a 20 minute conversation I don't have 20 minutes right now yes. or whatever the reason I mean, there's going to be a million different reasons like I got to call my mom back right now mm-hmm. I didn't she called me yesterday I didn't call her back yet that's rude but I got to call her back but it's like mm-hmm. was there a reason really no I just it wasn't the right time when she called yes. and then I just Gone on to other things. <laughs> yeah. And we live in that world. So we better learn to let it go because it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that more people, it's with texting. You can see somebody read your text and, and they now, don't respond. They have that little red thing on. <laughs> and now you've started the game in your head of why do they hate me? <laughs> like they read it and didn't respond. Are they thinking about it? Did I write the wrong thing? And when. You know, if I didn't have meditation, that's what I would do constantly. I would constantly, if I didn't learn to just let things go, and it's a journey. You never are really perfect. Yeah, you're never going to win. It's just it. You just are constantly evolving and learning. You know, you think, oh, okay, I'm better than I was last year at this. You just invent all these things in your head. Like my kids, they don't. You know, they're in college now. My one son has that where he it says red. The other two don't. <laughs> I'm like, take it off your phone because I can see you read it and you're not answering me. And you're now I'm, me mad. Now I'm text bombing my 20-year-old son. <laughs> and he'll come back and say, Mom, I was in class. Right. It's like, but the mom in you panics. I think, oh my gosh, he's like 
off somewhere and nobody nobody can tell that he's in a ditch and needs help and I'm like this is so ridiculous so that mind being able to let it go and then when you combine that with prayer if you have a strong faith life and you know like you can put it in God's lap yeah it's the most powerful I can say thing that you can do you it changes your life it can change your business it can change your family relationships because you're suddenly not thinking the worst Mm -hmm. all the time and it also helps you realize when you get with someone else who's doing this practice you know and they're telling you their stuff you're like every single person alive has a self story Mm -hmm. that they tell themselves and you think they're the greatest person ever, most confident individual, and they're telling themselves some crazy story in their head. And yeah. if they aren't, they're evolved. They've gone through this and they're evolved to the point, and even they will tell you, there's times I slip back. So that, to me, is one of the best things a person can do for, themse- for themselves. Yeah, talk about like lifelong learning and self development. Like it because you're, you can read all the books you want. You know, go through all the seminars you want and all that sort of stuff. Get mentors, but there's nothing quite like just sitting with yourself, and like, this is me. And when whenever you do it long enough, you'll realize like, oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not all of these things I thought I was, right? And then you're not like. And I mean, also the the kind of the fun part is, I, and I, I kind of get enjoyment out of it, is the slipping back. It's like, it's nice to know that that happens to everybody. And it's also nice to know and learn that everybody has the same kind of thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we, this, these thoughts we have aren't like, I didn't create these. These aren't mine. I'm not like the only one. Like we all have them. We so it's like, them. wow, it's, it's comforting in a way, right? It's like, well, all right, cool. I'm on the same, we're all like kind of on the same playing field mentally. I mean, of course we all go through different things, but like, when it comes down to the fact that, and if you're trying to find a way, like how does this relate to business? Like what does that have to do with business? Like it has everything to do with it. Because if you don't have your mental state well in place, then how are you gonna properly run a business? You're gonna blow up on people. You're gonna over-exaggerate situations. You're gonna, you're gonna analyze things wrong because you weren't in the right mind space because you're making up stories. Not gonna take risks. It goes yeah, yeah. back yeah. to we started when you asked me about what, you know, what I do for, you know, self-development. And I said one of the th- my things for this year is thinking big. One of the reasons people don't think big is because they tell themselves a story that they can't, that it's never going to be them, that they're not that person, that they didn't have the family, you know, background, that they didn't have the money, that they didn't have yeah. the whatever upbringing, they didn't have the education. And if you can rewrite that story the sky's the limit. Like, I don't yeah. want to have any story except the story I'm writing today. Yeah, right. You know, I don't I don't want to look at all that. And I think the other thing it helps you to do is not be judgmental of other people. Because if you can combine that with letting go of judgment mm-hmm. of others, man, you're going to have an incredible life. Like, there's no reason to judge any other person ever. Because they're doing enough self-judgment right for all of us probably right <laughs> you know? seriously it's yeah the the, the 
the self-judgment part's so difficult because I don't even think we talked about this before. You don't even realize that you're doing it, right? You don't even. Sometimes I won't even realize that I'm judging somebody, and I'm like, oh shoot, I am. I should stop, right? But like, it's just it's a split second. It's a natural. Uh, I think it's just natural in your like a human thing. Like you, it's a preservation kind of thing. Like you have to judge people to make sure you're not going to get kidnapped or attacked or whatever it might be. You know, yeah. you got like process that. Yeah, but I think that. Uh, so. I guess maybe to, to wrap this whole thing up, like when you, when you look at business and you think like maybe somebody's listening to this and they, they might want to start their own business. It's something they've wanted to do for a long time or they want to move up wherever they're working at. Like the stuff we're talking about here at the end, I feel like is whenever you talk about all the different pieces of building a business or how to get it to where you wanted to get it or da, 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 da. Like if you don't start with you, then I mean, that's kind of the, the, that's the beginning stage and nobody I, I don't know anybody who starts with them i mean it's usually you start with everything else and then eventually you are like oh crap i forgot <laughs> i'm gonna have to go to a meeting i can't <laughs> never mind yeah exactly yeah so like what would you say like, in the beginning stages like for somebody just to make sure they're in the right place i mean i'm not saying you have the perfect answer or i would but i'm just curious as to what your response would be like if they're if they want to start out in this whole thing like how would you make sure that you're in the right spot to start that journey? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know that I have the answer, but I do know that in my basement, I have three vision boards from starting businesses. Cool. And I think if you, and we always did it based on feast, you know, but if you can do a vision board with literally all of your goals, dreams, fears on there and get it all out of you, I'm still a big believer in that. In fact, the other day, I guess it was like two Saturdays ago, one Saturday ago, it was National Vision Board Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I say- There's a day for everything now. No, so. there is. <laughs> I use them all the time for writing. Um, but yeah, just um, get it all out on paper. I think, I think you need to look at all the positives of your business. I think you dream big. Don't go into it thinking this is only ever going to be, you know, a lifestyle business where I, you know, that's crazy. Dream big and then look at a day-to-day in the life of that business. Mm -hmm. Dream big, then put a true day-to-day in the life of that business where you're literally visioning yourself, vision boarding yourself going through it. And then what are the things that are holding you, are going to hold you back? Because to your point, if you're starting a business where you're so excited about it, but you have to go talk to CEOs of companies and you're petrified about it and you don't address that fear, that could stop the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's the practical part that people forget to do. You know? Yeah. They forget to address the stuff that's completely fixable. They can get over it, but you gotta do the self-development stuff to get over it. And most people say, well, I just, I can't. Yes, you can. You can get learn like if to learn from somebody if you if you can find a mentor great if you find somebody online i started with people online like online mentors i guess you could say but just like finding people who are super successful who put out content and then just you know following their journey because they're gonna like gary vanderchuk's a great guy ty lopez tim ferris tony robbins yeah. uh, joe rogan you know people who just like they have they've gone through so much stuff obviously they're very successful and they're willing to share their journey mm-hmm. start with that Mm-hmm. And then, if, then if things start to align themselves. Like if you, I mean, that's 
whatever you want to call it doesn't matter but like it's true that whenever you start like putting yourself in the right mindset of where you want to go people start coming into your life and just pay attention to it pay attention to things that are happening yes like and and go towards those things and go towards discomfort if if something scares you if it makes you feel very uncomfortable that might be something that you need to do a lot of Mm -hmm. or more of just so you can get better at it it's very important that i think a lot of people are just just write it off as I'm not, that's not my thing. I don't like it. Like when you, if you're going to own a business or whatever, and you're not good at public speaking, you're going to need to practice that. Yeah. Maybe you won't, you won't be a public speaker, but when the time is calls, you'll be able to do it. Or if you have to make a video or something like that, like you've got to practice it. Yeah. There's, there's so many pieces and building strategy. Like mm-hmm. you got to practice that. You got to sit down sometimes and get out of the day to the day and yeah, do the high end stuff. You do. Cool. For sure. Angie, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Fun Any, conversation. Yeah, it was a blast. I loved it. Anything you want to throw in that we haven't touched on? No. Just, you know, keep on dreaming big. That's all I have to say. It's funny. Joe Batista, who was on, uh, he has a book, and uh, the, the tagline is dream big, keep it real, and get it done. And a minute ago, you kind of covered that. <laughs> like, you got to dream big, but then you got to keep it real, like, practical in your life. And then you actually have to finish it. That's and funny. It. That was Yaz's original tagline, keeping it real. <laughs> That was our. That was so nineties. <laughs> Wasn't the nineties though. <laughs> Thanks, Angie. If they want to find out more about you and Yazo Group, how do they do that? Just the yazogroup.com. Um, we have a Facebook page, and you can always watch our Find Things vlog too. Cool. Is that Find Things on where? How do they find that? On our website. Oh, okay. The vlogs on our website, but you can also find it on our Facebook page. And that's Y A Z O Yazo Group. Cool. Talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Angie, for being a part of the podcast. Lots of fun talking to her. She's a wealth of knowledge. If you're in the central Pennsylvania area, or really anywhere listening to this, reach out to her, yazogroup.com, Y-A-Z-O, yazogroup.com. Make sure you reach out to her and find out uh, what she's all about and how she can help out you, help out your brand, help out your business. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Two things I push on this podcast, meditation and yoga, okay, so... I'm going to talk about DDP yoga. It's a different kind of yoga. It definitely transformed the yoga industry. And and, and Diamond Dallas Page, the old school professional wrestler who created this, took yoga and mixed it with a bunch of different things. For me to explain it doesn't even do it justice because it's, it's one of these programs that you have to try. You have to feel the way that it makes you feel to understand how powerful it is. All right. So how do you do that? You can go to ddpyoga.com. I think you can get a free trial, I'm pretty sure. I think you can try it out and, and see what you think about it. I promise you, and I, this is especially for like weightlifters, anybody who scoffs at yoga. Anybody who does something they feel like they don't need yoga in their life, you actually need yoga more than people who just do yoga. Like women are naturally flexible. Guys are pretty stiff and rigid. They need stuff like this. I needed stuff like this. Every time I do DDP yoga, my body thanks me. Every time I do it, I think, man... I'm so glad I did that workout. It's the best I've ever felt after any workout ever. And it's made for burning fat. It's made for increasing your endurance, getting your blood pumping, and getting you in touch with all these muscles, these ligaments and tendons that you maybe never knew existed that don't get activated all that often. Trust me. Just trust me. Try DDP yoga. Try it out and see what you think. I know personally a couple of guys in my life who I've introduced it to. They've lost tons of weight. Big dudes who've lost tons of weight doing DDP yoga. It just strengthens your entire body. So DDPyoga.com. Check it out for yourself. 
My Zebras, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like the tunes on here, it's all made by Jake Over. Jake Over on Facebook. Find him. I'll talk to you guys next time. See you. This is Rob Z Radio.